Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This show contains adult material, references to drugs, and swearing. You have been warned. Wait, I finally now understand why you bought a dog. It's so that you can fart on dates and blame it on her. <laughs> oh my God, my dog just fired, by the way. That was my dog. Are you bored of modern dating? Meeting the same people from the same apps in the same bar you've only chosen because it's close to your house and you can make your usual quick getaway. It's time to change the narrative on how we find love. It's time to start looking for love in all the wrong places. I'm going on a wild dating adventure, only picking people who are the total opposite of my type. And after 28 of these dates in two months, Will I find that special someone? Or will this experiment prove that I should just give up on dating altogether? It's time to find out. I'm Grace Campbell, and this is 28 Dates Later. Dan. (laughs) Dan. Dan. Yes. Dan, this is what it would be like if you finally caved in and let us be together. I mean, the, the phrase caved in is actually perfect because if we ever got together, it'd be you pegging me. So the guy I went on a date with this week, right, refers to himself as a wine connoisseur. <laughs> Can we get a paramedic, please? Is there a paramedic here? There is nothing more ick to me than people referring to themselves and as a connoisseur of Anything but mainly wine. Unless you are number one in the world. Even then. I mean, it is gross. Get a job. 
It's like my mum would be like, I'm a wine connoisseur and you're like, now nah, you're an alcoholic. Yeah, perfect. Exactly. Yeah, just just be open about it. Because he was also like 30. So it's mm. like, don't you think you're a bit young mm. to be like going around like that? Like, I love it when I meet like a, like an old, like kind of overweight man who like knows everything about wine mm. and smokes loads. That's like a really cigar. Chic. Exactly. Baby, I remember one time I was in this um, pub in Shrewsbury and the guy that owned it was this like very posh man and he'd walk around with like a glass of like Merlin and a cigar in his head and he'd be like how's the food that amazing suck the dick off your body that's amazing but you're a 30 year old man who lives in Homerton yeah East London I was like so what wine do you want and he was like mm, we're just like in a pub and I'm not sure they're gonna have like the natural wines that I go for so then didn't get wine because mm. he was so upset about like the low low quality of wine and then started talking I once dated a guy who used to talk about natty wine <laughs> He used to go, you know, it's wine with the skin on. What does that even mean? Well, it means the grape, the skin hasn't been taken off of the grape, but obviously it just sounds weirdly sexual. Is it not just some, like, Italian winemaker with hairy toes mushing it in a barrel? Well, maybe Natty Wine is, like, somebody who moisturises their feet with the body shop. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting notes of um, lavender yeah, foot cream. I'm getting some Shea moisture. <laughs> So, so are you into big into wine? So yeah, it's just like one of those things I can be a bit nerdy. nerdy Love about. that. Yeah, I feel like working in wine kind of ruined my ability to drink what cheap did wine. What you do? I worked in a, a wine shop in North London, just like selling wine, which I got into for really slightly esoteric reasons. I was like, yeah, the philosophy of flavour is really interesting, but also. I just really like drinking wine. Mm. So, yeah, it was fun. I don't want to shit on someone for their passion, but, baby, you worked at the Londis for three months. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You worked at the Londis for three months. <laughs> and then you tried to justify it because you had a philosophy of flavour. Yeah, you're like, oh, well, actually, the barefoot rosé is the best. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually, spoiler alert, it, it is. is. It's it really is. good. It's actually no, good. It's good for a Londis wine. No, I can't shit on a passion, but sometimes uh, you do sound a bit douchey, I guess. But like a girl's got to know what a girl's got to like, you know? Yeah, I mean, it was more, I don't care for people who like are so obsessed with food and so obsessed with wine. Yeah, I get And that. so I don't like it. I think there's like a snobbery around it and I just don't care. I just can't relate. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, it's kind of, I, I just, even in that clip can hear myself switching off a bit. Like when he said he worked in a wine shop, I feel like, because I know, I'm sure my cousin worked in that wine shop. I'm sure of it. Because Wait, I your cousin like that as well? No, 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 no. But she just worked in this wine shop in Islington, which is, I'm sure, I just had a gut instinct that that was the one. But I was like, I'm not even going to ask him. I mean, it's not like a great topic of conversation. Mm. Like, what are you going to talk about? The the notes, the flavours. That's what I don't like. Like, that's that's more what was, like, kind of jarring. And also, Imagining him in a wine bar. Yeah, 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 talking yeah. Talking about wine. But it's also way. like, if, if I'm on a date and I'm huffing, it's not the wine, it's the Coke in the toilet. <laughs> Well, you're like a, a snob about coke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Someone like, will give me a baggie. You'll go yeah. down to like the old Irish pub and yeah, you're yeah. like, do you know what? Like, this is exactly where I would take coke. Thank you. Yeah, I'd be like, well, actually, I studied under Pablo Escobar mm. and uh, I know good coke. <laughs> I, I know good apprentice. coke. And this is cat. <laughs> this is bicarbonate soda. <laughs> I'm going to ask you what you do. I'm also going to level with you and say I know who you are. That's fine. <laughs> I don't know if that's... That's more normal that's than m- pretending you don't, yeah. if you um, did. 
do you like comedy? I do like comedy. Do you? Yeah. That's good. Takes a true sociopath or not, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, me and my friends theoretically try and write stuff, but I'm very bad at it. Write what? At the moment, a novel okay. about someone who is both learning that they aren't going to inherit a house from their family at the same time as ending a relationship. And then also there's a bit of a subplot where like people start melting in the street, which I haven't figured out okay. if that like fits in <laughs> or not. Okay. Um, Are you into like sci-fi? Yeah. Or what is that not like, as a genre? Yeah, not like blokes with laser guns sci-fi, but like I quite Dystopian. like dystopian. Just like weird and interesting ideas. My dog just farted, by the way. It wasn't okay. me. It, um, it hasn't reached me yet. That is disgusting. So, yeah. Wait, I finally now understand why you bought a dog. Is so that you can fart on dates and blame it on her. <laughs> oh my God, my dog just farted, by the way. That was my dog. Oh my God, it smells like beef. No, if I farted on a date, I would say that I'd farted. No, you wouldn't. I would. You'd Dan, be I genuinely would. Yeah, because actually you can't run away from your farts. Yeah, exactly. Also, but my farts taste very... They taste... <laughs> they taste... They smell like inherently vegetarian. Like your, your farts are so thick. When people smell them, they can't help but be... Like have synesthesia. Like it's two, it's two senses. You taste it and you smell it. That's how thick they are. Yeah. Like I've got synesthesia just from sitting near you and you fart in. <laughs> And I can also see colour because you just shut yourself. <laughs> we were talking about how, like, small the dating pool is in London in that I always, whenever I'm getting with someone, I, like, realise that they've also gotten with someone else I know. Do you know I what mean, I mean? baby, like, the gay world. Exactly, but it's like, it keeps happening I to me. I fucked every friend, dad and, like, neighbour <laughs> in the four-mile radius from where yeah, I live. Yeah, Dan's famously fucked my dad. <laughs> Print it now. Print it now. <laughs> Let the stun take that. I said to my friend earlier, I feel like at the moment it's like everyone I talk to on a dating app, I've either already spoken to at one point yeah. when I was on a dating app before, or one of my friends has spoken to you. <laughs> and that really bugs me out. Like, it's yeah. like it feels like the pool's getting smaller and smaller, even though we live in like a massive fucking city. Also, now another thing to level with you. I think you once dated one of my friends. <laughs> oh my god, who? I think it was a long time ago, and, I, and he said that, that it, it never went any further than one date because at the time he thought the age gap was. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was quite young. Like I was like 21. And I think if you're 25, that's quite like a dramatic age gap. He looks like that now. Oh my god, yeah, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, he showed me the picture of this guy. I got set up with this guy like when I was quite young by my friend Harriet, mm. who was like older than me. And then he showed me a picture of this guy and the guy was looking amazing. Really? Yeah, really good. Like, That's he was, tragic. He looked amazing. Yeah. Wait, could you ever go back to him, do you think? Um, maybe. Wait, how old is he now then? Oh, he'll be like 31 or something. No, 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 sorry, like 34. I mean, that's yeah, not a bad he, age. he was really hot. I was 21 or uh -huh. 20, and he would have been like 25 or 26. Right. So it's not actually that big an age gap, but no. we went on one date, and he was like, I think she's a bit young for me, which is fair. Like, if uh -huh. one of my, when I was 25 and my 25 year old friends were going out with like 20 year olds, I was kind of like, that's, I don't really get it. Well, what do you chat about? Yeah, exactly. It's just that gap early, like 20 to 25, yeah. it's like there's quite a lot like that you're, 
going to be different. Well, is, is that the difference of like playing Ring of Fire before you go out and not playing Ring of Fire before you go out? And that, that is really the difference. <laughs> Do you want to explain to everyone, just for some people that might not know the game? What, Ring of Fire? Basically, Ring of Fire is when you get like a bunch of like uh, straight virgins in a room mm. and they get cards and they like pour milk into a glass and then pour vodka into it and then they all like drink that. And then they think, I think they sacrifice something. That is so they're not pride, the game that pride, I was thinking of. No, I'm joking. It's obviously not the game. Is it that you drink during the Johnny Cash song? <laughs> no, that's Roxanne. You should. Sure. Also, Johnny Cash didn't sing Roxanne. He sang Ring of Fire. Sorry. So I thought it was that game, but like rock, like what Roxanne was, but for the song Ring of Fire. I mean, we should play it. Anyway. We um, should play it. <laughs> and also, do you know what? Perfect. We do, we do it with spicy marks because then it's oh another Ring God. of Fire. Yes, exactly. It's Ring of Fire, but Inception. This, yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because Dan and I famously, after a spicy margarita, we both have Ring of Fires as our souls. Honestly, the sting. <laughs> the yeah, ring sting. It's so, oh, yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. Pucker to the gods. Yeah, it's extra hot. Anyway, so you know the phrase, only boring people get bored? Oh, yeah, like there's no small parts, just small actors. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I don't want to say that it was, like, inherently boring because it makes me then sound boring because I should have found something more interesting in it. No, but I also disagree. There are small parts and there are boring people. And there are boring people. Yeah, but I, yeah. But those people have the small parts. Yeah, he seemed so, like, chilled out and kind of, like, like he'd never had any kind of dispute with anyone in his life Mm. that I asked him if he'd ever gotten in a fight before. Do you ever get really angry? Do you want to know a, do you want a little shameful story? Go on. Yeah, this, is, <laughs> this isn't a proud moment. I was quite young, I was at university, and went on a university ski trip with my girlfriends. I have no idea what we were arguing about, but I just remember like walking along the road, just, like we were like shouting at each other. And I was so angry, but I didn't know what to do, so I like, I fake cried to like right. try and win the argument. Right. It didn't win the argument. And then I was like fake crying and like angry and... Right. Um, I thought you were going to say something so much worse than that. No, I just... I thought like, you were going to say you pushed her off a cliff or like... No, no, we both it, came out unscathed. Oh, no, that's good. So you pretended felt, to cry. Felt, that's just literally me on a Tuesday. It just I mean, felt like, a bit like... Every, every time I have an argument that I'm not winning, I pretend to cry. <laughs> that's how it ends. I thought he was going to say he like accidentally killed someone. Like he had a fight and it was manslaughter or something. I do remember when I was 14 and you can't judge me because I was in the closet but I did cheat on this girl and then when she rang me I pretended that I was crying but I was actually laughing. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean it. It's just that like, it just happened. And like, she I... thought I was crying and then she tried to spread this rumour that I was like this pussy ass bitch for crying. And, and then were like, you like, bitch, I was, I was like, bitch, I was laughing at you. <laughs> it was funny. But I always cry when I'm not winning a fight. Like I always just burst into tears. That's not a tactic I use because actually I never lose a fight. No, but that's fine. I often lose fights. One time actually having a fight on a school trip, I had a fight with my friend Megan and we were on like the ferry from France or something. And we were outside like reconciling after this big bust up and I spat off board and the wind blew it back in her face. In her face. Right in her face. Perfect. It was like a film. Yeah, I love that. I once did that, but it was phlegm. I was in the front seat of a car and I phlegmed out the window and it went onto my friend's face in the back seat. No, that's But we weren't even in a fight. But then afterwards you were. Oh, yeah. I've never spoken to her since. <laughs> that woman, Judy Dench. <laughs> Wait, have you ever been in a fist fight? I've been in many fist Wait, fights. Wait, give me the best one. 
it was like sixth form. There was a house party in North London and um, a group of girls were chatting shit about one of my friends and they were like saying all this stuff about how she was a slut at the party. And this girl, Judy Dench. <laughs> then we all got kicked out of the house party because the police came. So we're on this road in Finchley and there was like hundreds of teenagers there. And this girl is across the road like chatting shit about my friends. So I just walked across the road in the traffic and there was like hundreds of people watching and just swung for her. <gasps> and then me and her got in this like insane fight. Like we were like battering each other. No way. And then my friends were trying to sort of half break it up, also get involved. And then Emily, she had like loads of rings on and she got tangled with <gasps> one of the girls, like her hair. So then the fight got broken up. Harry would like picked me up, took me to the other side of the road and I was like kicking and screaming but then Emily for like 20 minutes had to stand there and like <laughs> untangle her hair like this girl's hair off of her rings she's just like behind her being like so any holidays coming yeah. up like giving her like a full so like hairdresser what were you chat. doing for your A-levels <laughs> I've only ever been in like one fight where it's nothing like that I just tried to steal a mop from a gay club in Turkey and I was running outside with the mop in my hand and I thought my friend was following me, but it was like the owner. And I turned around and he slapped me and then I hit him back as like a response. And then he went to hit me back and I was like, do you just want the mop? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, take the mop. That's a perfect story. And then I went and smoked on the beach and was like, my life is so dramatic. You come across really well in that story, I'll say. No, thank you. No, you do. I mopped the floor with him. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people. In an unscripted, unvarnished way, is getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine, and I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. 
This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to on purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in LA. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Because he had such a distinctive, like, East London look. Mm. I knew he lived in East London, like, just from looking at him. And then I was like, let me see if I can Mystic Meg here and Mm. guess, like, exactly his postcode. But I got it wrong. I'm actually really good at being a psychic because I just, like, want to try. Victoria Parks? Bethnal Green? No. London Fields? Hackney Wick? No. Okay, go. Uh, Clapton. Oh, that was going to be the first thing I was going to say. <laughs> I was that, that was actually going to be the first thing I was going to say. Should've, I'm very bad with East London. Should have gone for it. Can I guess you? Me, yeah, yeah. go for it. Uh, by Parliament Hill? Yes. Would you rather mm. go on a really boring date mm. or go on a date with someone who's, like, really offensive? Oh, that's interesting, you know. I kind of feel like I'd get more of a kick out of someone being offensive because there's more to do. As in, like, it's more reactional than me having to, like, come up with something to say. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's like, ne- neither is desirable, but there's something really, really horrible about talking to someone mm. who is giving you nothing. Yeah, I mean, there's not really much you can do. It's like, what, I'm going to tell you how many siblings I've got. Are you someone who, if you're, and I'm sure you're not, but I am actually this person, like, if I'm in a really boring conversation, I start bugging out and I'm like, it's me, I'm boring. I mean, I'm, I've never experienced that personally or professionally, but I... I've never experienced it professionally, thank you. <laughs> No, but I um, I just literally cannot sit in silence. So then I'll start asking like mad questions like, what's the biggest animal that you think you can kill with your bare hands? What is it? What, me personally? Mm-hmm. 
I think I could get a sheep. I think I could get a sheep. Really? Yeah, I think I'd get a sheep. Okay, yeah, you are tall. But wait, what do you think? What about you? No, you. What could I kill? I couldn't hurt anybody. With your bet. Oh my God, are you mad? So you just spoke about ragging some girl in Northwest London and <laughs> yeah, you can't kill a like, sheep. Maybe like a, like a girl from Portsmouth. <laughs> 16-year-old girl from Portsmouth. I could kill her. <laughs> and they're all animals, my God. <laughs> my God. No, like a North London girl with acrylic nails. Like, that's probably the limit. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I just start saying really like stupid no, shit. No, I get that. Or like, if you can but have see, sex I with any animal... I wouldn't even want to give like a boring date my interesting questions. I always ask people if they could have sex with any animal, what animal would they have sex okay, with? Okay, which would you have sex with? Uh, I don't like the way you phrase that If you could Like as though people want to It's like if you had to Yeah but it's also me like Checking them checking out Checking them out Because yeah. like I don't want to have to Like date someone that fucks animals again mm. Do you know what I mean? Well that's like, what, it's that's like, it's like Sorry this is our third date at Pets at Home <laughs> Like why are we in the guinea pig bit again? Like I don't know what's going on Wait you bought me a gerbil Where's it gone? It's always in the ass. Oh, damn. I'm sorry. Um, no, wait. No, but I know, but I, I don't want to answer that question. I'm just saying That's that, fine. like, I will okay. start saying shit like that. And then it's just like, how could this ever flow? See, nice? for me, yeah. Because I can't, I, I, I can't really remember if I did this with him. But when I'm, my go-to, like, date chat is to just talk about people's exes. Really? <laughs> yeah, I always ask, ask them about their past relationships. It's a good tell of, like, mm. what someone's like. Yeah, that's actually so true. I just think sometimes I don't know. I'm still with the belief in the like with the belief that like the first date isn't necessarily where I talk about someone's exes. Yeah, that's fair. I do do it quite a lot. I mean, I'm asking people what animal they'd fuck. So like, yeah, who's, yeah. who's in the better fucking boat? No, I know. Well, we're both here, singles. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but one of us has a podcast where they're finding love, and the other one's just talking yeah, about. But it. one of them. Has a podcast to find love and is literally not, love. not even watching paint dry. That would have been like so much more exciting. <laughs> like the, my, the, the most interesting part of that day was me saying that the dog had fired. <laughs> Next time on 28 Dates Later. So he's done a test to see what his kinks are. And there are loads of words here I don't know. Rigor, exhibitionist. Sorry, what's a brat tamer? That sounds like my type. (laughs) 28 Dates Later is produced by Novel for iHeartRadio. For more from Novel, visit novel.audio. The series is presented by me, Grace Campbell, with help from Ros Purcell and Dan Y. The producer is Diggory Waite. The executive producer is Claire Broughton. Our editors are Mythily Rao and Max O'Brien. Production management from Cherie Houston and Charlotte Wall. Willard Foxton is our creative director of development. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.